Support for the Fact Checker podcast is provided by New Pioneer Food Co-op. Celebrating 50 years as Eastern Iowa's source for locally and responsibly sourced groceries with stores in Iowa City, Coralville, and Cedar Rapids, and online through Co-op Cart at newpi.coop. Welcome to the Gazette's Fact Checker podcast. We've uh, we've reached almost the end of February. It's a it's a big milestone, um, and maybe we'll see spring someday. But in the meantime, you've got us to brighten up your day. I'm Erin Jordan. I'm the Gazette's investigative reporter. I'm Elijah Dietrich. I'm the Gazette's feature reporter. I'm Michaela Ram. I'm the Gazette's healthcare reporter. I'm Marissa Payne. I'm the Gazette's Cedar Rapids government reporter. And today we're with you um, to talk about a fact check about crack pipes. So there you go. We'll just lay it out there. Um, this comes from a, a, a news release, I guess, kind of like an email to constituents, but a news release of sorts that Senator Joni Ernst sent to constituents um, on February 15th. And um, Senator Ernst was um kind of giving um, a shout out in a not a good way um, as part of her February 2022 Squeal Award um, to a a relatively new federal grant program. And the Squeal Award refers to her promise when she was elected in 2014 to make them squeal in Washington, the big spenders. So um, she's talking about a program that's called the Federal Harm Reduction Grant Program, which was actually announced in um, December. And um, that program would provide 30 million in grants funded by the American Rescue Plan to increase um, access to harm reduction services and support. And just to talk a little bit about what harm reduction is, um, it's a strategy that seeks to keep drug users safe um, while they're using so that they have a better chance of surviving and you know that they can eventually um, learn, you know, kind of kick their addiction and and do that, you know, statistics show that most people who do use drugs eventually do um, get over those hurdles. So um, the harm reduction grant program seeks to provide some funding to different programs and services across the United States. I think there's, they're anticipating 25 grant awards um, and it's in like the hundreds of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, the maximum award. So the News release um, by Senator Ernst, it starts off and she says, when Iowans hear about the outlandish ways in which Washington wastes their hard-earned tax dollars, I'm often asked that the folks making these spending decisions are on crack. Well, it turns out some are. She goes on to say, as part of a new Biden administration initiative, people who use drugs will help decide how to spend nearly 30 million of your tax dollars on smoking kits and drug equipment and supplies for other drug users. Quote, while the Department of Health and Human Services initially confirmed crack pipes would be included, the administration is now attempting to backtrack, saying the pipes won't be part of the deal. Regardless of the latest line the administration is pushing, the program announcement is not so crystal clear on if crack pipes will be included. So, um... First, I just have to tell our listeners that if you if you read this news release, you'll see many double meanings um, through it. There's there's you know crystal clear and 
pushing, you know, lots of attempts to get some get some humor, wring some humor out of this news release. Um, so first, let's look at the claim. And maybe I thought I thought we could take each claim individually and then talk about it. Does that sound okay? All right. So the first claim is that the harm reduction grant program invites people who use drugs to help decide how to spend the federal money. So there's a big document, 75 pages describing the program, and it says an advisory council will, quote, guide program activities and project implementation and should include people who use drugs, individuals in recovery, harm reduction service providers, and other key community members, such as public safety officers, mental health providers, and treatment providers. So, um, yeah, I mean, the program does say that people who use drugs will be included on this advisory council. So my, I would propose that she gets an A on that first claim. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree on that one. That was pretty straightforward there. I would agree too. Um, yeah, maybe the, the connotation is sort of a different conversation, but yes, on its face, she is correct on that claim. Yeah, and I would agree too. Um, and I know I kind of mentioned this over email, but um, I don't know if it's worth mentioning in kind of like how we craft that, uh, the, the conclusion of that grade to note, um, you know, just how the Senator was kind of making it seem like, um, you know, these people who abuse drugs are just kind of coming in and, you know, figuring out how to spend your taxpayer dollars. But it's like, no, you know, people, um, you know, in charge of crafting these laws and choosing how to spend this money are just involving the voices of the people that are affected by, you know, this policy and how these funds will be spent. Yeah, and I, I, I was trying to explain that to say, you know, with the purpose of the program being what it is, it only makes sense to have people who are, you know, have, who have, you know, maybe who would need these services to say, here's what would be helpful, you know. I mean, I didn't know if that was like straying too much onto our opinion side, but to me, it seems obvious that you would include people who will be using the services. I mean, if you're having a program for, you know, cancer survivors, surely you'd include some cancer survivors. But I just kind of wanted, didn't know, <laughs> I don't know, just seems like obvious, but maybe it's not. No, I mean, I think that's I think that's a good choice because, I mean, that's what we try to do in the fact checker, right? Provide the context, provide the background on these things. And, yeah, it, it, it makes sense um, that these voices would be included as people with lived experience, either seeking out these services or as somebody who may eventually seek these services. Right. Um, so I would agree that that should be kept in. So do you think I should be a little more explicit about it? More obvious what I'm saying? Maybe. Um, I mean, you do say um, both in the conclusion and the beginning. So I don't know if like an extra sentence would be would be helpful. I don't know what what you think, Marissa and Elijah. Um, I think it's it's probably fine as is. I, I think it really just it, the tone of it speaks to the broader issue, which is the stigma of drug use. And, and I feel like that's really being weaponized here. Yeah. And I mean, that was a point I was going to make at some point in our conversation here. 
I didn't get into that a lot with the fact checker in part because I felt like our purpose was kind of really checking the specific statements, not necessarily the tone. I do. Um, I did see that Adam Sullivan had an opinion piece um, earlier in the week where he talks about that a little bit more, just stigmatizing um, people um, who use drugs. And um, so I, I kind of felt like maybe I would leave that more to him. But yeah, the tone of it is is very striking. Yeah, and but, but the thing is, you can have a conversation about the tone and the stigma and the stigma of something without, you know, inherently taking a, a political side on it, one way or another. You know, it's it's kind of looking at the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law, so to speak. So. Okay, well, I will see if there's a way to do more of that. I'm also pushing my forty inches, so. We'll have to figure out if there's some stuff that might need to be cut. All right, if we're good on that grade on the first claim, I'll move on to the second claim. Um, That's that the Department of Health and Human Services initially confirmed crack pipes would be included in drug kits as part of the program. So uh, Ernst is one of many Senate Republicans who have jumped on this, you know, to to criticize the program. And what um, they've pointed to is a story February 7th in the Washington Free Beacon, which is a conservative news outlet. And it cited an unnamed spokesperson from the Department of Health and Human Services um, as saying the agency would provide pipes for smoking crack, methamphetamine, or quote, any illicit substance. So, you know, I mean, usually in like national uh, publications when they name an anonymous government source, they usually say something like person who spoke, um, you know, on condition of anonymity, afraid of retaliation, losing the job, you know, they were in a position to know what about the program, which kind of like says what level they would be. We're all take we're all taking those journalists at their word anyway. I mean, that that they did that. But this reporter has none of that language in the piece. Again, there's other pieces that cite anonymous sources. So I, I don't know. To me, it seems a little questionable for the these senators to pin all these statements on one anonymous quote because they can't point to there's I mean, it sounds like no other news outlets reported a story that that says that this was going to be the case initially. So um and in fact, after that story, two days after it, Health and Human Services Secretary and the Office of National Drug Control Policy, that director released a statement saying no federal funding will be used directly or through subsequent reimbursement of grantees to put pipes in safe smoking kits. Um, they go on and describe some of the other things that will be in the safe smoking kits, such as naloxone, which is um, helps like Kaylee, you can correct me here, but I think it like reverses an overdose. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, it does. Okay. And fentanyl strips, which would be like a test strip. So you could see if there was this very um, uh, erratic and unpredictable uh, synthetic drug in some of your other drugs. So just know, because that's what's caused a lot of overdoses in the recent years. And, um, you know, some other things like that. But so... I feel like in this claim, and it's kind of tied with claim three, but if you're weighing the word of one unnamed source against, you know, two days later, the head of an agency, I I don't seem, I don't, to me, it seems like it's inaccurate to say that crack pipes are going to be included as part of these kits, 
because she made her statement on February 15th, you know, almost a week after the official statement came out from HHS. So uh, my proposal is to give her an F on this claim. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. I mean, just like you said, it was an anonymous source versus two uh, very high-ranking officials with these departments involved with this with this policy. Um, and not, you know, and Washington Free Beacon is also, from my understanding, a conservative news site, right? And not that that discredits them, but the fact that this information is not corroborated by any other news outlet, um, it, it, it calls into question, you know, whether this is uh, following a policy line or not. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I know you reached out to that reporter at the Free Beacon. Did they ever respond on, you know, the reasoning for this anonymous source? No, I emailed when you messaged that point, which I think was last night, yesterday afternoon. So mm-hmm. I emailed him then and have not heard back. Yeah, I think, you know, even the fact that um, other conservative outlets like um, uh, you know, conservative legacy outlets like the Washington Times, for example, did not put anything out on this. It was just the free beacon um, that, you know, does raise concern for me because it's a pretty big deal for the government to be providing free crack pipes. I feel like that would make more outlets if it was legitimate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead, Marissa. Oh, no, I don't really have much else to add other than I, I agree with giving an F on this one. Okay. All right. So like I said, claim three is very closely connected, but um, it said the program announcement is not so crystal clear on if crack pipes will be included. So when I asked Senator Ernst's um, office for sourcing for the claims, they did they which they did provide, they pointed to this 75-page briefing document and the report lists the type of kits that would be um, fun, that could be funded through this grant program, and um, one of them is just says safe smoking kits slash supplies, um, and then also stump substance test kits, including test strips for fentanyl and other synthetic drugs. Um, although it says drug singular, which I thought was weird, but anyway, um, so nowhere in the document does it use the word pipes or stems. Uh, you know, I did a word search and that doesn't come up anywhere in that document. Um, Some other organizations that have prepared um, safe smoking kits in the past have included things like rubber mouthpieces, brass screens, lip balms, disinfectant wipes, and glass stems, which are kind of synonymous with crack pipes. It's like the less pejorative term for them. Um, And some harm reduction advocates say if you replace these broken pipes, you can keep um, people from sharing equipment and potentially passing diseases. So honestly, I think it's possible that this program would have, you know, provided funding to some kits like that if the Republicans hadn't seized on it, you know, so quickly. And then HHS was like, no way, we're shutting that down. Well, we're not going to, you know, I mean, I don't know that. I mean, but I just think that given how people in the harm reduction community view um, providing glass pipes, they don't see it as like a, a, a horrible thing that you should never do. But I think that doesn't really change the fact that 
Um, HHS initially did not say the program announcement does not include glass pipes or stems. Um, and then the um, heads of the agencies spoke out immediately, you know, after after this um, anonymous quote and said, no, we are not going to direct funding toward that. So I, I guess in terms of the third claim saying the program announcement was not so crystal clear, when something doesn't mention something, to me, that is pretty clear. So I don't know. I gave, I, 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 I'm proposing a D because of the potential that maybe something would have been funded if everyone hadn't jumped down, you know, jumped on it so hard from the beginning. But I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, the more I thought about it, the more a D makes sense in, as opposed to an F. Um, I mean, we're not grading whether it was possible that glass stems could have been included at all. We're grading on whether it was explicit that they were being included. Um, or were not being included. Or were not being way. included. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think a D is fair just because there's there's no evidence, you know, to support the that it was being included here. That's that's really the intent of this here. So I, yeah, it deserves a, a D or an F. I'd probably lean towards a D. Michaela and Marissa both look pensive. I keep going back and forth on this just because, I mean, we have the HHS, HHS secretary and the um, National Drug Com Control Policy Directors both saying explicitly, no, they will not be included. But I mean, the terminology of the claim is the program announcement is not crystal clear, uh, which was true. I guess the, you know, the statements and the announcements came at, at separate times. So I don't know, I guess I, I kind of go back and forth on, you know, the timing of, of uh, Senator Ernst's claim, you know, it was made on the 15th, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. So by then, that statement she would have been well aware of. Um, so the, 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 that's kind of where I get me, you know, do we, do we give that credit to the fact that that statement would have already been available by the time she was making this claim? I don't know. I think when you're at that level, uh, ignorance is not an excuse, uh, you know, a week after a statement has been put out. And I guess, too, to, to kind of give credit to the senator, I mean, we it is kind of a vague terminology. You know, what is a safe smoking kit for, you know, people who are not well versed in harm reduction wouldn't really know what that is. Um, they, they probably just see smoking kit and think, oh, yeah, they're giving them the supplies to be able to take or ingest these drugs. Um, so I see kind of the, you know, public facing why that would maybe be kind of a successful claim in terms of um, getting support for opposition for that. But I also think it takes, I, maybe I'm being too harsh here. I think it takes a certain level of willful ignorance to see that term. And as an elected U.S. Senator, not look into it a little bit further to see whether in fact th this department is providing crack pipes. That's a pretty salacious claim. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, I mean, to Elijah's point, it does almost seem like a willful mischaracterization of the fundamental purpose of harm reduction. 
um, you know, characterizing it just as crack pipes, like, oh, here the government is just helping people stay on drugs, um, you know, when, when that's not the purpose of this program. Right. And I think it's also maybe kind of a willful ignorance of sort of why harm reduction is becoming more and more commonplace. I mean, I think there's a lot of studies and a lot of uh, evidence shown that harm reduction does really work in a lot of different ways in terms of not just reducing disease spread, but also helping people kind of combat their addictions, um, you know, because there is more understanding that it is a medical condition. It's a mental health condition, right? And so you kind of have to give individuals the resources to be able to, to get healthy. Um, so there's also kind of that willful ignorance of the purpose of some of these programs. So I I think the what Michaela said is maybe a, a very good point. You know, we always talk about is there any sort of a like a nugget of truth that would prevent something from being an F? And I think it would probably be the fact that the the 75 page um, briefing document um, doesn't really define what smoking um, kits includes. And therefore, it opens the window a little bit to the potential that it could include um, or, or initially if we're talking about just the initial communication, not the messaging that came later, but um, that it could include those pipes. So. I, I mean, I guess it, to me, that would be some good language to include if we are going to have the D grade because it seems to provide that justification. Yeah, I guess it becomes a matter of whether you're grading this statement on just what the initial 75 page report said or, or, you know, what was made clear a week later. The timeline is important here. Right. I mean, because she did say the program announcement is not so crystal clear to me, that seems like um, looking at that initial document. Yeah. And I think if we didn't have that statement, we could probably have discussions about making this a, a C even. Right. I think the the existence of that statement warrants the D, I would think, in my mind. I think a C would be too high, to be honest. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, if I were to kind of go between either, it'd be a, a D or an F. But yeah, to to Aaron's point, you know, there, you know, there is kind of that unclear definition. And then you know, whether it's two Fs and an A, or an A, a D, and an F, the overall grade is going to average out to be a D, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. So I guess, Marissa, are you okay with a D on that third claim? Yeah, um, I think that there's enough of, um, you know, kind of a lack of clarity within that initial announcement about what's what exactly constitutes a safe smoking kit that her statement is, you know, there's like a, a sliver of, you know, uncertainty there that would save it from an F. Yeah, although um, I think what makes it more toward a, a, a D um, is, as opposed to a C, is that when something's not there, why would you interpret that it is, you know, I mean, it's like, right. so, all right, so if we're on board with that, um, 
Elijah's right that, you know, those three claims averaged together would come out to a D overall. Um, you know, just, I mean, get into the the idea of harm reduction. Um, there's one message that I included in our conclusion because I thought it just um, really spoke to, again, the tone of this um, statement, this news release by Senator Ernst. She says, folks, I don't think most Iowans or any American, especially those who endured watching a loved one suffer from the terrible pains of addiction, want their tax dollars spent conveying any message about drug abuse other than crack is whack and treatment is available to help get your life back. I just think like little um, phrases like that just just are really so not helpful. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel I like I've heard from people who have been in those situations who might disagree. So, you know, I know we're not grading that claim, but yeah, it does it does contribute to an overall tone that that kind of paints the intent here. Right. And the and the treatment is available point, especially. Um, is it available for everyone? You know, so. Well, in, in one sentence, you're saying like there's treatment, but also you're stigmatizing, you know, people who struggle uh, with drug abuse by saying you know, crack is whack and using language like that. So, um, OK, I think we're in agreement then about the grading here. Um, if I hear back from the um, the Free Beacon reporter, I will um, put that into the story. I also reached out to HHS to see if they could give me a timeline for when that advisory council was appointed, um, because that's something we talk about in claim one. That would be a good detail if we get that just in terms of timeline. So I'll pop that in there if I do get that in time. Sounds good. Right. Nice work on this, Erin. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so, Marissa, I think you're tackling the claim for next week. Is that right? Yeah, um, we've talked about this, I guess, on the last couple of pods. But again, that'll just be from Cedar Rapids Police Chief Wayne German. Um, he made a statement on the use of uh, the automated traffic enforcement camera systems on Interstate 380, um, stating that um, and I don't have the exact claim in front of me, but it's basically acknowledging that uh, these cameras have resulted in a reduction in uh, crashes that result in injuries and uh, fatalities. So we'll be looking at the data behind that as there have been some proposals in the legislative session uh, this year, again, to regulate or ban the use of those cameras. And Elijah brought up the idea of doing a fact check, more of a daily check on um, Governor Kim Reynolds. She's been asked to do the response to um, the, um, what do we call it? The State of, what's State, of the the Union. State of the Union address next week. Yeah. Um, and so our team will need to figure out whether we have capacity to do that. But I think it'd be a great one if we can make it happen. So we'll get that figured out. In the meantime, let us know if you hear of any other claims or see claims in a written publication that you'd like us to dig into. This one um, from Joni Ernst actually came from a reader who sent it to our team. Um, you can reach us at factcheckerthegazette.com. You can email us there, factcheckerthegazette.com. Our Fact Checker podcasts are produced by Stephen Colbert. 
Our pieces are edited by Craig Jamulis and in some cases, Michael Chevy Castronova. And our music is Lobby Time by Kevin McLeod. I'm Erin Jordan. I'm Elijah Dishas. I'm Michaela Ram. I'm Marissa Payne. And until next time, we'll fact check you later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.